Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Jesus follows, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. For whatever is born of God, was born again, overcomes. Overcome means that the world has is an adversary. It is an enemy. And this is the victory. Notice this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith. Overcome means we're going to win. Look at somebody that says, we're going to win. That's it. That's it. And based on what I've just read to you, I want to talk to you on this topic. I was made to go through this and win. I was made to go through this and win. In fact, say that with me. I want to make this a declaration in the sanctuary. Repeat. Let's, let's say it. Ready? Begin. I was made to go through this and again. I was made to go through this and what? One more time. I was made to go through this and win. That's it. A winner is a person who is successful and victorious despite conflict and competition. They are known for achieving their goal and purpose or purpose. A winner is a person who is successful and victorious despite conflict and competition. They are known for achieving their goal and our purpose. They are a winner. One of the things I thought about when, as I was preparing and, and was studying about this, a winner has to know what's the object of, of what they're, the game that they're playing. Is it to score? Is it to do whatever? Because you could be playing the game, but you may not know the rules of the game, and you could be losing the game even though you may think you're doing quite well. I've learned over the years that when it comes to Christ, you need to know what it takes for us to win with Christ. You can, you can win in a lot of different things, but if you don't win with Christ, to me, you just consider lost. A person with a reputation of winning tends to understand their ability, their task, and their competitor's ability. Good understanding will cause a person to prosper in the midst of great adversity. A person with a reputation of winning tends to comprehend, perceive, have insight and wisdom on their ability and the task that they're competing against. Good understanding will cause a person to prosper in the midst of great adversity. That's why your perspective is so important when it comes to uh, this particular race. A perspective. I'm doing good this morning, y'all. Developing a winning mindset with God's word as the tool helps us to build our faith. We must build our faith because faith is important in this what we call life. A winning person is not able to see the finish line, but they have studied their game and opponent to the point that they can anticipate the fight as well as the competitors' action that will hinder their success. Don't see the finish line, but they have studied the game and opponent to the point they can anticipate that when they can predict, they're able to guess that what will happen and be prepared to deal with what's going to come along the way. Of course, again, we talked about it's important that you're led by the Holy Spirit. 
because we only know in part, we can we get prophesied in part. We only know in part. There's some things that God will prepare us for, and there's some things he won't. And let me say, don't lose any sleep when God uh, puts something in your life you're not prepared for, because there, there'll be nothing in your life that you cannot bear. Not one thing in your life you can't bear. And let me say this to you. If it's in your life, there's a solution to it. There is a solution to whatever is in your life. Now, when we're talking about I was made to go through this and win, I need for us to first of all understand as believers, we must know our ability in Christ. We must be confident in knowing that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are fearfully and wonderfully made by God, according to Psalms 139 and verse 14. Let's go over to Psalms 139 verse 14, and let's see this in the Word of God. Psalms 139 verse 14 says this, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works that my soul knows very well. David understood that he was fearfully and wonderfully made by God. That's why he could do what he did and, and at the time that he could do it in. That's why David could fight Goliath. That's why David could fight the lion and the bear. That's why David could fight all the different wars that he went through and write the different psalm because he was fearfully and wonderfully made. And I truly believe in this sanctuary, believers in this sanctuary, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. When I say you're fearfully, that means you are Excuse me. It's by our reference. It's by our reference and godly fear. God put, made you specifically for what you're dealing with right now. And let me say this to you. Nobody else could do or go through what you go through because God made you to go through what you went through. Mm, that's good news right now. Boy, I tell you, it, it's good to know. And this is what you got to understand. Somebody else could could look at your situation and say, you know what? I couldn't have, I couldn't have went through what you're going through and being as calm and as peaceful as you are right now. And they absolutely right. Because you went through what you went through and you made it at times, even though you didn't even think you were going to make it, God may help you to make it. And I'm so grateful that he did. Most people were went back to drinking and lying and cheating and so forth. But you stayed steadfast and unmoved. Yeah, you slipped along the way, but you repented and got back in the race. And I appreciate that. Because why? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are distinct. You are marked out. You are separated. You are distinguished. You are made separate. You are set apart for the master. You listen. Didn't nobody do it except Jesus in your life. You can't even give yourself credit for what God is doing in your life because He made you distinct. He separated you from the. You are the best of the best. Whoa! Tell somebody you are the best of the best. Well, I don't feel like it, Pastor Bob. It don't, it don't seem like if I'm the best of the best, why would I have to go through what I'm going through? But because you are fearfully and wonderfully made, you can go through it and come out smelling like, just like the, bro- the brother in the Old Testament that got in the fire. He came out, didn't even smell like smoke when he came out of the fire. You in, you in the fire right now and you coming out smelling just like, but you never been in the midst of your fire. You've been with the lions then, but you ain't even smell like lions because God has brought you out of what you brought you out of. 
Isn't it good to know that God will bring you out in the middle of whatever you're dealing with right now? Why? Because you are fearful and wonderfully made. You on the job. Everybody else is falling by the wayside. But you standing up strong with the peace of God that passes all understanding. Why? Because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Rusty, you know, you, how in the world did you come out of this after the doctor told you this, that, and the other? And you come out of the doctor's all with a smile. Come on, I know it's going to be all right. Because he is still Jehovah Ra. Why? Because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You went into the bank and they told you no. But you came out and said, you know what? You might have said no, but God said yes. And in this day, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I, this too shall pass. Mm. Tell somebody I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah, you may have gave up on me, but I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah, you would have thrown the tower, but I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. That's why God created us. He created us and continues to create in us when I embrace the lifestyle submitted to his written and revealed word of God. He created in us. He brought into existence. He generated. He produced. He caused things to happen in us because we're fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, then I'm, I'm got to ask the question. God asked the question, how does God continue creating me according to scripture? Let me give you one more fact before I go into this next point. When God made you, and he and, and this is what you gotta understand, when he made you, you became born again, he did not stop making because you became born again. In fact, really, the process is just getting started good. Listen, he's put some good things in you, he has put wonderful things in, but he got to work on you now. He got to work on you. So when God made you, he said, I got to make them. I got to keep on making them. And I got to, and, and so God needs a tool to keep on making you because he knows what you got to deal with in the future. He knows the problems that are coming down your pathway. He knows the people you're going to come and encounter with. So God got to make you before the encounter. God got to make you before, the, before you get the money. God got to make you. Before you may, you get the thing in your life, the house, the car, God got to make you for the house and the car. Before you get the promotion, God got to make you for the promotion. Before you get this, that, and the other, God got to make you for this, that, and the other. Because he cannot have old wine skin, old wine going into new wine skin. You got to have new wine skin going into the new, for the new wine. So God got to make us. God got to make us. Tell somebody, God got to make us. God got to make us. God got to make us. And my question for us, how does God continue to create in me? How does God create in me according to scripture? He sent me a pastor after his own heart to impart in me knowledge and understanding according to Jeremiah 3 and 15. Let's go to Jeremiah 3 15. Hallelujah. I mean, Pastor, you say you, but you, you cover Jeremiah 3, 15, a good bed. I know it's a good scripture. If God keep bringing it up, we must need, mean for us to know it. Jeremiah 3, 15, the Bible reads as follows. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So he says in order to make me, he's going to give me knowledge. He's going to give me understanding. Knowledge equates facts. He's going to give me information. He's also going to give me skills. He's going to cause me to understand a particular subject. And not only a subject, but I should say subjects. Because God knows every subject. 
There is not one subject God does not know. You know, in, in, in school, they teach us the basic reading, writing, and arithmetic. But God knows so many more subjects than just those three three basics. There is not one subject God does not know. In fact, on your job right now, in your business right now, God knows your your business, your job better than you do. In fact, can I can I tell you the good news about it? God created a position because He knew you were coming down the road. Oh, tell me, He created that position just for you. He created that position just for you. Yeah, you didn't know it, but God had already created the position just for you. And I thank God that He did because He knew I was coming. You know that God created the tree that He actually hung on before He even before they even knew that He was going to hang on it. He knew because he created. So you know if God knew what he needed before he got there, he definitely going to know what we need before we get there. Y'all see that? He knows what you're going to need before you get there. That's why he created a car for you before you even bought the car. You know, he even created the house for you before you even bought the house. He even created the apartment, the furniture. Oh, let, can I get a little more personal? He even created your clothes before you, before you even bought the clothes. He knew you would like that blue, that black, that orange, that white. He knew you would like that green, that yellow, that purple. He knew you would like it. He knew you would like them shoes, whether they got a heel, no heel, flats or whatever they may. You might tennis shoes, whatever. He knew you would like it. So he said, I got to create it and put it on the shelf. So when they see it, they, they think they created it for themselves. But he said, no, nah, I'm going to give them the desires of their heart. They didn't even know I gave it to them, but I already gave it to them. Now that they, they, they should be happy when they get it, and they should be giving me glory when they give it, and they don't need to rob me. That like I don't know what I'm doing when I give them what I give them. God knows what He's doing. He gives us knowledge. Not only that, He gives us understanding, insight, wisdom, and comprehension. He gives us insight, wisdom, and comprehension. Why? Because He's making us. He's making us. He needs knowledge and understanding. He needs for us to be in the sanctuary to get knowledge and understanding because he is still making me. I need, thank you, God, for making me. I don't need man to make me because man might mess me up when he makes me. But God knows how to break me and still make me at the same time. God will break you and make you all at the same time. It, did he not make the potter again another because he knows how to break you and make you at the same time. If man break me, he don't, listen, he can't put me back together again, Humpty Dumpty. But when God make you, he know how to make you. He know how to make you and put you back together again. I like God because he knows, listen, even when I, I break off to the right, he know how to put me back together. When I break off to the left, he know how to break me, uh, put me back together again. When I break into pieces and I'm like, I, oh God, I ain't gonna make it. He puts me back together again. You remember, listen, do you think about it? 2018, all them times you got broke up and you thought you weren't going to make it. But look at you in tw- the end of 2019. Ooh, you're looking pretty good to me because God makes us all again. He make, he's making us. And so when a person has information and understanding from a power source such as the word of God, like Hebrews 4 and 12 shares an activity that, that, excuse me, activity and access person had to win against situation, circumstances, people, and the enemy. Let's go to Hebrews 4 and 12. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Hallelujah. And the Bible reads as follows. 
For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. What is it doing? It's piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of the joints and the marrow, and the zone of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. What is God doing in that situation? He's making you. He's making my sister. He's making my brother. He's making us. He is making us in this sanctuary. So what I love about God, when I come into the house of God, my brother, I know God's making me. He's making me. And I know he's not just making me for today. He's making me for my future. He's making me for Monday morning when I go to work. I need to be made. Because this is what I, I don't know that he knows. He knows what got, I got on Monday better than I do. He knows what I got when I leave this church today and I go, I stop by the store to pick up some items. He knows who will run across in the aisle right there. So he got to make me before I get into the aisle. My brother, he know what, what, he know who's going to call me next week. He got to make me before that phone call get him. Because if he don't make me, listen, I ain't forgot how to do. I might get upset. I might go off on him. But God prepared me for the phone call before I get there. And so now I'm at, oh, that's what you prepared me for, God. That's what you say, okay, God. Oh, I got, I remember one time since I got called into uh, the workplace and they said they wanted to talk to me about a certain thing. You know, as soon as they called me, my stomach's got knots. Y'all, y'all don't know about that stuff like that. My stomach got in knots. I thought, what they want me for? What? I started saying, what did I do? <laughs> what did I do? Now, turn out I hadn't did anything. They, were, they wanted to reward me with something. But my mind was thinking about, Lord, I'm going to tell my wife we're going to need another job. Lord, you know, you know, my mind started going there. You're following me here? And so, but I learned that God says, you know what? Sometimes I got good stuff prepared for you. But you got to be prepared for it got to be prepared for. So now let's, go, let's look at this text a little further. Now, many of us agree that the current access will bring about favor, promotion, and different levels of increase in productivity. God will bring about favor, supernatural approval, Ooh-wee. supernatural su- approval, support, and unlimited miracles. We, Some of us are operating in favor right now. We got favor at home, favor in our business. We go into the store and they march stuff down when they see us coming. Well, we got favor operating in our life. Favor, Lord, I've been in business. I've been, got this past week had something happen at my house. I thought it was going to cost me two or three hundred dollars. When it got done, all done and said, it was, it was about a hundred dollars, but everything was done and said. I was like, God, thank you for favor. Because I was expecting one thing, but God said, you know, I'm going to do it exceedingly, abundantly, above anything you ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. You know where I got it from? Because of my giving. Oh, my giving got me to the point where I got it for that amount. I'm looking for some more favor next week. Just me, I'm looking for more favor next week. I'm looking for more favor next I'm looking for something that only God can do. I'm looking for something only God will get the glory for. I'm looking for another unlimited miracle. I'm looking for some, oh, in fact, I'm not just looking for me. I'm looking for some of y'all to testify to the miracle you're going to receive before the end of this year. I'm looking for some Christmas bonuses. I'm looking for some raises. I'm looking for some supernatural bonuses in this sanctuary. Why? Because God is not finished with you yet. God is not done with you yet. He's got to do some more things in your life. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. You, you heard some of the some of the skeptics. They said, you ain't going to get no Christmas bonus this year. 
Oh, I might not get a Christmas bonus from you, but God, it got other re- other resources to get a, be a Christmas bonus. Oh, you might listen. They may not give it here, but God will give it somewhere. Cause God gonna do what He gonna listen. God word gonna come to pass. Listen, I may not get a Christmas, but I may save a thousand dollars a month on something. That's a bonus for me right there. You see, God knows how to do what He do. Are y'all following me? Don't you never let, don't, we can't limit what God will do for us. Yeah, cause some of my man told us no. That don't mean God said no. And we got to understand the difference. That's why divine access and opportunities will cry us to think, talk, and conduct our lives more like Jesus on a daily basis. It calls us what's, what's required to be necessary, essential, and vital for us to think, talk, and conduct our lives more like Jesus on a daily basis. I need to prepare. I need to allow God to prepare me for what he has coming my way. If I speak bonuses to somebody, you ought to prepare yourself for a bonus before the end of the year. If God say raise and promotion, you ought to expect for God to give you a raise and promotion. Listen, if God says this, God can do exceedingly, abundantly above anything you ask or think according to the power that works in us. That's why in order to benefit from knowledge and understanding God's word, we need to receive his word with gladness. We need to receive this word with gladness so that we can constantly expect to experience God's miracle working power on a daily basis. We got to receive. We got to yield to it. We got to take possession of it. We got to act as container for the contents within. But we got to do it with gladness. We got to be glad about his word, y'all. Oh, we got to be glad about his word. We got to have joy about his word. We got to have excitement about his word. We got to be glad about the good news of Jesus. And not only glad about it, but be glad when we share it with others. We got to be glad when we talk about Jesus. We all not leave church talking about how, well, it would, Pastor God, he would never shut up. Good night. He'd have kept on preaching and preaching and preaching. No, we all say, I had solutions in the sanctuary. God gave me my answer in the sanctuary. In fact, I heard, I heard a rhyme word that said, I'm going to get ready to get a bonus before the end of this year. Well, I heard they're not giving bonus on your job. Well, God said he's going to give me a bonus another way. If he got to do, he got to do something here, there, or wherever, God said he's going to give me a bonus before the end of this year. And I'm expecting the God to show up and confirm his word with signs following. I got two people in the, I got five, I got 15, I got 25 people in the sanctuary that believe that God will give what he said. And they're glad about it. I'm looking for somebody to show up. You know what, Pastor? You were absolutely right. The word is working. It's not just you, but it's God working through the word. Are y'all following me? It ain't Dobbs. It's God working through the word. I got to believe it just like you do. Got to believe him just like you do. And so he said, let's go to Acts 2.41. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. I get excited, y'all, so I better make sure I teach y'all before we get to the end of this. Acts 2, 41 through 47. Then those who gladly received this word were baptized, and that day 3,000 souls were added. God, because people were excited about Jesus. Remember we talked about Wednesday night, how when blind Bartimaeus heard about what Jesus was in town, even though he, could not, uh, he couldn't see, he could still hear. 
and he heard about that Jesus was healing. And when, when Jesus came by, every time they were talking about be quiet, blonde Barnabas said, you know what? I'm going to get a little bit louder. I want to make sure I'm not going to let Jesus pass me by. Oh, God, I can't let him pass me by because if he passed me by, I might miss my miracle. If he passed me by, I might miss my healing. If he passed me by, I might not get another opportunity to get what God has for me. We can't let Jesus pass us by because we're not going to miss this opportunity for God to do what he said he's going to do in his word. So now, let me go and read in verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking the bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity heart, praising God, having faith with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who will be in say why because they were glad about the word they were glad about they were excited about the word they they were hungry about the word. they had joy excitement they were glad about the good news of jesus christ they were glad about and souls were added and notice this not only were souls added think about blind bartimaeus people were healed because they were excited about what was jesus was doing in that city Remember, they came in there with, with the, the, excuse me, Jesus and the disciples. They left with Jesus and the disciples and a great multitude. Why? Because people were excited about Jesus. We need to be excited about telling others about Jesus. And believe what a pattern of winning knows that the keys to the godly success are found in the principles of God's word. Hallelujah. Which is revealed, uh, excuse me, which revealed to them increases their faith as promised in, in Romans 10, 14 through 17. It's revealed to them, made known to them. Uh, it, it's no longer a secret to them. It's revealed to them. Let's go to Romans 10, 14 through 17. Remember that God is making us. He's making us because of what, had, what is coming our way. Thank God he's making us. Man, how, how would we be? I could not even be a husband, a pastor, a father, or nothing if God didn't make me before I got done. Because you would not want me, and, and before I got saved, you didn't want that husband. Thank y'all. Four, four people understand what I'm talking about right You didn't want that boyfriend before he got knew Jesus. You didn't want that girlfriend before she knew Jesus. Listen, you, well, I ain't going to say that. But you didn't want that one. Are y'all following me? As the, as the old saying goes, you don't want to bring that one home to mom or dad. You wanted the one that's been changed or made or, or it's being made by Christ. Being made by Christ. Romans 10, 14 through 17. How then should they call on him who they have not believed? And how, and how should they believe in him who they have not heard? And how should they hear without a preacher? And how should they preach unless they are sent? As written, how beautiful the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel a gospel for Isaiah says, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we got to hear the word in order to allow it to make us. See, why? Yes, in order to make us. 
As victorious Christians, we must adjust our attitude and mindset to the point that Amos 3 and 7 is constantly at work in us and helping us to have daily excitement to receive God's secrets from his proper prophets, his inward counsel, his circle of familiar friends from his prophets. Go to Amos 3 and 7. Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Hallelujah. Amos 3 and 7. Remember that God is revealing his secrets, his secrets, his inward counsel, his circle of familiar friends. In Amos 3 and 7. Y'all probably find it quicker than I do. Hold on just a moment. I'll be right there with you. It's 1399 in my Bible. Hallelujah. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals a secret to his servants, the prophets. So God has revealed his secrets to the prophets. Now, why is all of this so important? Why is all this so important? First John 5 and 4 gives us the answer to that particular question. First John 5 and 4 reads as follows. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world our faith. Let me say this to you. I want you to hear this clearly. In First John 4 and 4, the text lets us know that we must be prepared to overcome the world. The world. What is the world? Ungodly multitude. Those alienated from God. Those hostile to the cause of Christ. Those seduced from God. They were with God, but now they're no longer with God. The obstacles to the cause of Christ. I want you to understand this, that the enemy wants you to act like the world. He wants you to act like the ungodly multitude. He wants us to be alienated from God. He wants us to be hostile. He wants us to be with those that are hostile to the cause of Christ. I have read several articles this last week or two about people who are just hostile to Christians. They're hostile. They really got no other reason, amen, not to like us. In fact, they just don't want to do right. And they blame us because they don't want to do right. Which is, well, they don't want to do right, so they're hostile to Christ. And since we're talking about the things of Christ, But you must understand something about the world. The opposition is formidable. The world got some funk into it. I call it formidable. Basically, the world has a way of dealing with people. And you need to understand that... let me, let me give you a little, little bit further in down to the message, but I want to give this to you so you can understand where we're going. The world wants me to act and think and talk like the world. But God wants me to act and think more and talk like Jesus. So there's opposition going on. There is something going on that doesn't want me to act like Christ, and there's something going on that wants me to act like Christ. And I've got to make up in my mind I'm going to overcome the world. And God gives me the, the, the let me let me say this here. God gives me the formula that works every time. Every time. I'm going to show it to you here in the scripture in just a moment. But this is what you got to understand. Everybody. 
It's going to deal with this sooner or later in their life. You can get another job, and the job wants you to act like the world. Or some people on the job want you to act like the world. You have some family members coming up this uh, holiday season that gonna want to act, want you to act like the world. You gonna have quote unquote friends gonna want you to act like the world. But you gotta make up your mind. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna think. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna act like Christ. And you gotta make your mind because this is what you understand. The enemy is formidable. How you know, Pastor? Go to First John four and four. First John 4 and 4. I want to show you this in scripture. Someone's got to turn that far. Ye, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The indication is that when you're dealing with the world, the world got some great stuff going on. It's got some great. But what in us is what? Greater. And we need to understand that when you deal with the world, don't you ever think that the world ain't got some good stuff going on. Why do you think they tried to tempt Jesus with stuff of the world? Why do you think that the Bible said that they were full of the very elect if it was possible if the world didn't have some good things going on? But you got to make you say, you know what? That may be good, but God is greater. That may be nice, but God got something greater. So you got to be like Jesus. When, when the enemy showed him all the beauty of the world, he said, you know what? Oh, no, man, I ain't finna fall for that. Because I got something better than that. I got something better. You got to be able to look at the enemy and tell him, no, I'm not going to fall for that. Because the enemy going to bring stuff in your life that's going to make it seem like the world is on your side. That's a big trick right there. Because anytime the world act like it's on your side, they're going to deceive you in the long run. I'm careful when folks come to me and talk about, oh, Pastor Oz, I'm with you. I look at their character and I say, oh, you might be with me now. But tomorrow, next week, mm, you may not be with me next week. You may not be with me next month. I'd rather for you to show me what your, uh, your works. If you're going to be here, be here. If you're going to do it, do it. I'm going to be there at 7 o'clock. Be there at 7 o'clock then. I mean, you know, let's face it. You know them by the fruit that they bear. Let me tell you something. People hire you because you say you're going to be at a certain time at a certain place and do a certain job. Yeah, they do. Stop doing it and see what happened to you. In fact, if you if your child don't show up to school for a certain number of days, they come into your house. They come in, they knocking on the door, and if you ain't careful, you better have a good reason. The doctors know you better have something up in there. Call little John later on on the TV watching PlayStation, you gonna be in trouble. Well, I, I'm a grown, I can do what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you, all right. I I hear you. But the thing is, we cannot act like the world. We can't act like the world. We can't think like the world. We can't talk like the ungodly godly multitude. Because some of those folks were in God and they got seduced from God. Y'all see one of the definitions? Those seduced from who? God. They were with God. There's some people that were in OCC, but they got seduced from God and eventually they left the church. I want you, I want you to know this too. They were in God. They were in OCC. They left God. They still came to church, but they had left God. 
You know what happened? Eventually they're going to leave church too. I'm telling you how Friday. People don't leave. Most times people don't leave the church first. They leave God first. And then they, they try to blame me, but I know better. <laughs> I know scripture. You follow me? You leave God first because God would never tell you to leave where you get fed knowledge and understanding. God would, listen, God will always put you somewhere where you're being fed knowledge and understanding. Always. Always. Why? Because how are you going to live? Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of who? How are you going to live without God? How are you going to be led, be led, excuse me, how in the world are you going to live without eating? But I can feed myself. How that working out for you? How that working out for you? I can feed myself. Oh, how that working out for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Some of us go to church every Sunday and Wednesday, and we have a hard time praying and studying throughout the week. Look how y'all looking at me right there. Look how y'all looking right there. I can, I can, I can ask how many people studied their Sunday school lesson last week. Don't lie. Don't raise your hand. I want, I want to be, I want to have to look at somebody funny here. But anyway, <laughs> you understand. And now you're going to do it on your own. Some of us probably haven't picked up the Sunday school book into this month until we came to the house of God. And talking about we're going to do this on our own. God knows us. God knows us better than we know ourselves. And we try to trick God and like God don't know. Oh, man, please. All right, anyway. So let me go back. Let's, let's finish this up. Not only is the opposition, but the opposition is formidable. The way we defeat the world is by what is great in us. The Lord is making us. He's making himself great in us. He's making himself great in us. So whatever obstacle may come our way and, and try to stop us from filling the will of God, we're going to be greater than that obstacle. That's what 1 John 4 and 4 tells us. And the Lord started working in us. And notice what the text says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, uh, chapter 5, verse 4. Whatever is born of God. So when you became born again, when you became born of God, born of God, notice what he says. For whatever is born of who? So when you become born, begotten of God, comes over to God's way of doing things, becoming a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Let me read this to you again. You may not have this, but I want to read this to you again. Whoever is born of God, begotten of God, comes over to God's way of doing things. And that's when you really know you're born of God because you come over to God's way of doing things. You were doing things the world's way, but you decided, I'm going to do it God's way. I was doing it the world's way, but because I, I made Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior, I'm coming over to do it God's way. Now, when you do that, God starts to make you. He starts to create you, mold you, and teach you and instruct you with knowledge and understanding giving you insight, giving you perspective, and so forth and so on. He's making us. He's making us. And when he, as he's making us, and the Bible talks about we're fearfully and wonderfully made, he's making us. As he's making us, we become overcomers. We overcome. Notice what the text says. I'm going to read. Let me read it to you one more time. Oh, I'm going to read it to you again. For whatever is born of God, notice this, you born of God, you overcome, notice this, the world. You overcome the what? Notice this. You overcome those alienated from God. What does overcome mean? Overcome means this. 
you conquer. You hold fast to your faith despite challenges. You win the case. You maintain the cause. You are overcomers. You're overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of your testimony. You're an overcomer. You overcome. Every time we receive the written and revealed word of God, God is making us an overcomer. He's calling us to conquer. He's causing us to be successful. He's causing us to hold to the faith. He's causing us to win the case. He's causing us to win. Because why? Everything born of God overcomes. But you don't overcome just by this, boom, I'm most. You got to have knowledge and understanding of Scripture. That's how you want to overcome. Because the devil will, listen, when Jesus being tempted by the devil, the devil used scripture to mess with the devil, mess with the devil. Excuse me. Jesus, he, the devil used scripture to mess with Jesus. So if you're not careful, the enemy will use scripture to have you in bondage. I, I had the opportunity, I'm going to throw this in here real quickly before I go on. I had the opportunity to watch uh, the movie. Is it Harriet? Harriet Tubman? Harriet, thank you so much, sis. Harriet, right? Good movie. But one of the things I thought about in the text, and I've, I've uh, it's gonna be in the movie, and I've read this too, and um, I've read the same thing too, is that they would bring preachers in that would teach that being a slave was okay according to scripture, and because people couldn't read, they just took the preacher's word for it, and because it came in the name of the Lord, it was quote unquote okay. And the same thing happened in this movie. But you turn out that the preacher was actually wasn't as bad as what I thought he was. <laughs> Those ain't seen the movie. You, that's just a that's just a, uh, a throw out there. You if you see it, it's it's a good movie. I, I highly recommend it. And so, uh, but he he taught the slaves that, in fact, because the slave owner was there watching him teach, he said, "You need to obey your slave master." And see. If I wasn't careful there, something rose up in me, brother, back from the day. I had to catch myself. <laughs> oh, you had to catch yourself. I ain't going to lie to you. You got to prepare to go watch a movie like that. Because you ain't got Jesus, boy. You be throwing stuff all over in, 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 in the movie theater and everything else. And you be looking for certain folks trying to beat them up after, after, after the movie. You, you don't need to be watching a movie. Under the, say, I'm just, I'm just, you know, people go through stuff like I do, man. My mind messed up. I need Jesus every day. I can't afford not to pray. Y'all, y'all pray for the rest. Y'all, all right. Some of y'all have skipped church for three weeks. And we can't tell the difference. But some of us, woo, you skip one week of church, boy. Woo, it's, it's something else. All right, y'all follow me now. All right, now let's move on. They have to overcome. So it's overcome. So we have to overcome. And those what he says, what are we overcoming? We're overcoming what? The world. We're overcoming the world. But how do we overcome the world? Overcome the world. We overcome by submitting to the written and revealed word of God. That's why John makes it clear that the text that we overcome the world by our faith. By our faith. Our belief, our conviction, our assurance, our confidence in Jesus. And I say this to you. I don't know of any other way to overcome the world if it's not by faith. Notice what he says. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Our faith. Our trust, our confidence, our assurance, our conviction in Jesus. How are we going to get the victory if we don't have faith in Jesus? We don't have faith in Jesus. We don't have faith in 
Jesus. Makes it clear. We overcome the world by faith. We overcome the world by faith. We must have faith in order to overcome the world. Overcome the world. Now, understand something. John makes it clear. You got to be prepared to overcome the world. It's clear to say we must be born again. Those born again, when you become born again, it don't stop. You got to get knowledge and what? Understanding. You got to be fed scripture. You got to be fed the word of God. And when you do, you overcome the world. And this is the victory God gives you. And I thank God for victory. Victory is the act of defeating an enemy, overcoming an opponent, an opponent, the achievement of mastery or success in a struggle or endeavor against odds or difficulties. We need to be overcomers. Now, understand this. I'm closing. I feel like this, this is, I'm getting down to the end right here. When you, when we, I should say, not just you, but we, when we give our life to Christ, when we tell others about the goodness of Jesus, we need to understand that when you give your life to Christ, it don't stop right there. It don't stop. How many of you know when you sign your child up for kindergarten, they don't, they don't graduate the next day, do they? I mean, some people act like that. I mean, you know, my child's smart enough to graduate from kindergarten. I mean, graduate from high school. In fact, when, after they leave the first grade, they can go and give them their um, PhD. It don't operate like that. You got to what? You got to learn. You got to go through the process. You got to take some tests. You got to write some papers. And when you're in the first grade, you got to learn what uh, cat, dog. I mean, sometimes I think people try to skip steps. That's the point I'm making. They try to skip steps. But I found the best way to learn, just start off with simple and just work your way up. We got the milk of the word, the water of the word, the meat of the word, the uh, bread of the word. We learn these things. And if God feeds us week in and week out, he's preparing us. So every time I come to the house of God, God's preparing me. Isn't it good to know God preparing you? And let me say this for all of us in the sanctuary. God loves us enough to prepare us. I've been to some church services. I said, I ain't going to say what I said. But anyway, I just knew that God was not preparing me for what I was about to face. It was a good message. Or, excuse me, it was an inspirational message. I don't call it good. But I'll be honest with you. It wasn't even that good to me. I, I've been around too long, y'all. It, it's hard to just throw anything at me and think I'm going to accept anything. You're a musician, right? They can't throw you anything, right? I, that, 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 and I'm this other way around. You can't just throw me anything from the Word of God and expect you just to be happy. I, I'm just fine to me now. Uh, you can't. You can't. And so I appreciate that, but I've learned this as God is making us. When you get you in the house of God, you get revelation knowledge. You get rainbows like God's given us today. That God. And I still hear this in my spirit. Somebody's going to get a bonus before the end of this year. I don't know who it is. <laughs> now, watch this. 
two or three people said, I don't have a job, so I can't get a bonus. That's where you missed it. At. You don't need a you don't need you don't need a job to get a bonus. You don't need a job to get a bonus. Thank y'all, Lord Jesus. I pray y'all got that. Well, Pastor, Doc, show me a scripture. I want to know what job that the children of Israel have when they crossed over. I want to know what job they have. I mean, I don't know, was it tent maker, carpenter? I don't know. Tell me the job they had. But they got bonus after bonus after bonus. I think God would do the same thing for somebody in this sanctuary. I believe that. I believe that. I sure do. For the end of 2019, somebody's going to get it. And one of two ways he's going to do it. Just like he said earlier, either God going to save us money or make us money. Any way you bless me, Lord, I will be satisfied. Sure will. But as God is making us, as God is making us, he's making us, as he's making us, we overcome the world. Because why? The world is going to constantly pull at you to think like the world, to talk like the world, like to act like the world. That's why Jesus comes to us and he tells us scripture, I want you to think like me, talk like me, and act like me. You're going to do one of the two. Well, Pastor, I'm going to remain neutral. I'm going to stay in the middle. Ain't no such thing. You need a hot and a cold. Boom. That's throw you out. All right? So you're either going to think like Jesus, talk like Jesus, act like Jesus, or you're going to think like, act, and think, act, and talk like the world. It's a constant pull. But how do you overcome it? Faith. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's how you overcome the world. And it works. Sometimes it works what? All the time. All right. When we do that, God's going to give us the victory. Is that right? Stand your feet. Lord. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.